When you learn, teach. When you get, give. That is a quote by Maya Angelou. Welcome to Trina Talk. Trina Talk is a weekly podcast that will inspire and empower women of all ages to strive for the impossible. Your host, Trina L. Martin from TrinaMartin.com is a motivational speaker, leader, and cybertech expert. Every week, Trina will share wisdom gained from her life experiences and lessons learned while pursuing her goals to inspire you to achieve the next level in your life. Now, your host, Trina L. Martin. Hello, welcome to Trina Talk. I am your host, Trina L. Martin, and this is episode 75. Before I get into this week's episode, I would just like to say that today the state of the world is a serious matter. People are sick, the selfish people are coming out where they're price gouging on things. You have people who have gone in and every time they get a chance, they're buying up toilet paper and things like that and not thinking of other people who may need those things. So we're really at a trying time with this virus that's taken hold of the world and people are dying from it. People are in just sheer panic, not knowing what to do. Uh, First of all, I would like to give a thank you to all of our healthcare providers out there who are being dedicated, doing what they've been trained to do. And thank you. You guys may get sick as well, but you are still out there on the front lines. And I would like to say thank you. And because we are in such a perilous time where we don't know what's going to happen, who is going to survive this. Normally, I work with businesses and help those businesses develop their leaders and I'm a speaker, but right now I would like to offer that you pick up my book, From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve, because I think in this day and age, it's appropriate to help you get past what's going on. People are having all kinds of issues, whether it's mental health or whatever, and I would just like to offer that as a form of inspiration for you. So while you're sitting at home, if you get tired of Netflix, Netflixing, um, order the book on Amazon. Now on to this week's episode. My guests this week are the Carter brothers, Dr. Sterling and Stephen Carter. My topic of this week's episode is paying it forward. Dr. Sterling Carter and Stephen Carter are twin entrepreneurs and motivational speakers based in Houston, Texas. Dr. Sterling is a clinical expert with over 20 years of experience as a physical therapist. Stephen Carter has over two decades of experience in managerial and executive level positions for various industries, including the medical and oil and gas industry. Today, they have a new initiative, which is called the Young Millionaires Series, where they want to help change the economic trajectory of underserved youth. Hello, Stephen and Sterling. Welcome to Trina Talk. How are you? Doing great. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. Very excited to be on with you, Trina. On. Yes. Okay, so this is a different episode for me because I have the Carter brothers, and we're I'm talking to two people, vice the one person that I normally talk to, but this is this is going to be fabulous. You guys are actually setting a precedent for me today. So, (laughs) you guys, go ahead. I was just going to say two is better than one, right? So we're going to have fun and and just bounce bounce up from one one conversation to the next. So it'll be nice. Say double your trouble, double your pleasure, depending on how you want. It'll be fun. (laughs) Okay. So you guys are doing some amazing things. But before I dive into just talking about the things you're doing currently, give me a background on each one of you guys of who you are and how you come to the point where you are today. Okay. Um, 
Thanks, Trina. So Sterling Carter here. Uh, I am, I've been in healthcare my entire life. Um, I have a doctorate in physical therapy. Um, I have been, I guess, probably before I even became a physical therapist, I was a combat medic um, in the Army. And so actually, uh, Stephen and I were both in the military and both were combat medics um, right out of high school. But um, kind of fast forward, um, I graduated from Langston University. Stephen and I actually both went to Langston, uh, HBCU, um, and then went on to get my master's from Texas Women's University in Houston, Texas. And then my uh, doctorate from Simmons University in Boston. Um, but basically was working and just felt like there was that, I, that, that there was more for me out of life um, and, and that, that I could do something a little bit different than what was being done in regards to taking care of patients. And so I decided to, to jump out in private practice. So in about 2009, I opened up um, a, a physical therapy outpatient clinic and Sugarland, which is the suburbs of Houston, Texas. And uh, from there, started growing a brand and all that kind of good stuff. And then probably about two years later, after getting several calls about, you know, from, from home health agencies actually looking for therapists and getting calls from my peers that were looking for jobs, I thought about why not create some type of a staffing company that provides therapists to home health agencies and really wasn't sure exactly how, how to go about doing that business because my my background, especially was healthcare, but not necessarily running running a running a staffing business. So that's when I um, talked to my to to Steven, my twin brother, and asked him about the idea and what he thought about it. Um, he's ran and, and opened up several different businesses and he'll tell you about that. But um, fast forward, we opened up a staffing company in 2011. Um, and we've opened up a bunch of businesses uh, since then, but I'll pass it over to Stephen so he can take him up, take us up to that point. Yeah. So um, again, Stephen Carter, um, as Sterling mentioned, um, we we're with twin brothers. We did pretty much everything together most of our lives. We went, obviously went through high school together. We went to we actually went to the military together, um, and we, we attended um, undergrad at Lancaster University together. And then, you know, as twins, you you you, <laughs> you do everything together. You're confused um, a, a lot. Um, and when we were younger in high school, um, no one was able to tell us apart. So they would either call us twin or Stephen Sterling. It was just one name. It was not right. Stephen or Sterling. It was just Stephen Sterling. Um, it, it didn't matter what, uh, who they were trying to speak with. And so as we kind of finished up uh, uh, college, we wanted to go our separate ways. So as Sterling mentioned, he went into uh, physical therapy uh, and went on to get his doctorate. I, w- I went into business. So my, my undergrad is in accounting, uh, a bachelor's in accounting, and I have uh, I went, attended the University of Houston for my master's in business administration with an emphasis in finance and change management. And I, want, I went into the oil and gas industry because in, in Houston, that was one, that's one of the most lucrative industries to go into um, and did that for a while. And as, as uh, Sterling mentioned, um, I've opened up uh, several um, small businesses um, during that time. I had a restaurant and a barbershop and um, a, a tax preparation business, a promotions company, a number of different things. But it wasn't until Sterling and I linked together that we found success uh, in, in, in terms of our staffing company. And the staffing company has gone on to to win numerous accolades. Uh, we've been on the Inc. 5000 list many times. We've won Family Business of the Year from Black Enterprise, uh, Entrepreneur 360 list, Houston's Business Journal Top 100 list, um, and a, a number of different awards, um, which which uh, has has given us an opportunity to do some pretty great things. And, and one of which is to is to write a book. So in 2018, um, we authored our first book through Forbes magazine. They reached out to us and had been seeing some of the things that we were doing and. Uh, Forbes magazine had just just launched a new book label called Forbes Books, and uh, they wanted us to be a part of it. So we wrote our first book, launched that in October 2018, which is now an Amazon bestseller and has allowed us to to really get on the map, not only just locally in Houston, but across the nation. Wow. You guys are, it's funny because I'm listening to you guys talk and I'm in Houston as well. Mm-hmm. I went to an HBCU, shout out Alabama A&M University, 
And yes, and I am an officer in the Navy. So we have so many things in common. So this is really kindred right here. This is great. Absolutely. So you guys, um, and just stop me because I know it's, it's kind of weird with having the, the two different, um, audio, two different people tapping in. So if I cut you off or something, please just let me know. Um, but you guys, you have done, you know, from going from leaving your, your medical practice and in the oil and gas industry to starting several businesses to now your staffing company. Tell me about the staffing company. What it got, what are you doing with the staffing company? Who are you targeting? So primarily our focal point is uh, healthcare staffing. So we staff uh, physical therapists, of course, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and nurses. Um, we do have some social workers that we staff out, um, but we have, um, and Stephen says this all the time, it's there's riches and niches. And so our niche specifically is providing healthcare professionals to, um, to the home health environment, to patients in their homes. So we work with a lot of home health agencies, and if they need therapists to come out and see their patients in their homes, they'll contact us. And so we have, I think, 300 to 400 home health agencies that work with us across the state of Texas and Oklahoma. We're planning to branch into Louisiana as well. And so we, we provide therapists and nursing to those agencies, and, and our, we'll send our, our, our therapists, our contractors, out to, out to patients' homes to see patients. Um, we've kind of branched away from, not away from healthcare, but in, included some other areas of staffing. We do administrative staffing. We also do light industrial staffing. We've dabbled into legal staffing. So we're trying to, tr- trying to kind of branch out into a staffing company that can provide any staffing needs. So anyone that needs a job, we can provide that for them. So that's our goal. Okay, great. Now you guys touched on Forbes called you guys to publish a book. What's the title of the book and what is it about? Absolutely. So <clears throat> the title of the book is Double Your Success, Principles to Build a Multi-Million Dollar Business. And the overall concept of the book is that it's it's essentially a handbook um, with 11 principles. And we've made it a, a, a fairly easy to follow, easy to read book. Um, being from the business world, and I've, I've read a number of books, both what, what I was forced to read when I was going through my MBA and then just, you know, just general books and, and general business books in general. You find them to be boring sometimes, a bit convoluted, a bit too complex. So we wanted to have something that was easy to follow, that was filled with examples of um, the our examples to back up the concepts that we were going through. But essentially, it's 11 principle handbook that goes all the way from the starting point of having the starting a business um, to, you know, going through the process of uh, vetting out that idea, um, completing an initial business plan, um, you know, launching that business plan, obtaining capital all the way through um, building that business to multi-million dollar status. So, um, it's essentially something that you could pick up and depending upon whatever stage you're in in your business, or even if you have have about a business but would like to kind of consider opening up your business, any level and any piece in that process, you can pick up our book and, and turn to that chapter to find what you need to have and which will what will be beneficial to you. And it's even it even has concepts that are beneficial to um, corporate executives or corporate managers or those that are aspiring to to um, uh, go high in their corporate uh, world. Not everyone is is an entrepreneur. Not everyone is made for that world. And and so there, some of the concepts in in the book are are applicable to um, not only entrepreneurship but corporate as well. But we're really excited about the impact that it's made. We've we've received very um, strong reviews um, all across the nation and internationally, really, about the, how the, the book has impacted people that have read read it. They've shared it um, many, many times. And uh, we even have an audible version of that book as well for those that, that don't like the hard copy, turn page kind of thing and want to listen to it in their vehicle while they're going back and forth to, to work. Wow. That's, that's great because... 
a handbook and a guide. So it's it's kind of like a desk reference, would you say? I would say so. I would say so. And and it's it's filled with examples that we, we just don't give concepts, but we give live examples of not only what we've experienced ourselves, but also um, what larger companies um, have gone through just to say, OK, here are the examples. Here's the wisdom here. Don't you don't have to make the same mistake we we've, we've made. And we're telling you what we're telling you what mistakes or what obstacles to avoid. So if you follow the book, you'll you'll it'll lead you to success. And and that's that's correct. One one of the things, a couple of things, and Stephen, you, you did a great job with defining the the benefits of the book. But what's really cool, and what we were looking at, there's so many startup business books out there: how to start your 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 business, how to get it going. Um, but what it doesn't do is it doesn't connect the dots to how to grow your business, right? So Everyone has a small business idea. There's so many people that have started businesses, but they don't know what to do in order to take that business to the next level, to take it from, you know, a ten to $15,000 a year um, business to a million dollar business. How can I scale? How can I delegate? How can I um, multiply my efforts so that I can build something that I can pass on so I can make this a, a legacy type of business and, and provide generation, generational wealth? So that's what we tried to do in that book. And what's so what was so cool about it is, and what Stephen and I did not expect was the feedback. So everyone loved the book. But in addition to that, they didn't want just the book. They wanted to talk to the, to the Carter brothers. They wanted, wanted, wanted mentorship. They wanted con- consulting services. So from the book launched Carter Brothers Consulting, one of our newest businesses. And what we provide is we have an online uh, course. That runs right in line with the with with the book. It's called the the DYS W Success Online um, Program tra- Training Program, mm-hmm. and so it basically goes through all the different principles. And in eleven to twelve months, you it shows you how to take your business to a million dollar level. We also have an opportunity to um, to do we're we're doing what we call mastermind uh, groups, where if someone lives in Houston and they want to come down and they want to actually sit down for four hours a month and actually just talk with other business owners and and work with us specifically they can do that as well and then we also do motivational speaking so we're doing motivational speaking speaking to corporations talking to to young people that are interested in businesses and just trying to teach them teach them um you know how to grow businesses so it really this book has kind of taken a life of its own and kind of (laughs) turned into something i think Stu and i weren't expecting but it's been fun it's been really fun and, you know, it's funny, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was going to be my next question for you guys. When you were describing the book, I was going to say, well, are you guys doing any kind of consulting or coaching? So I see that you are. And that's amazing. And actually, I was on your website when when you first reached out to me and I saw that you guys were speaking and I was like, oh, they they're they're coaching and they're they're um, sharing their knowledge and wisdom with people. So I really like that. And that's going to lead me into my next question, where you have a new initiative that you guys um, have come up with. Tell me about that. Absolutely. So um, we have created an initiative that we call the Young Millionaires Series. And the thought process that we had was that um, everyone, uh, no one made it uh, made it in, in life, obtained success without having someone's shoulders that they stepped on, someone that helped them out along the way. And what we realized is that we were blessed to have a strong mother in the household who was an educator and pushed us to make sure that we completed our education, our higher education degrees, and and really accepted nothing less except for us to be um, the very best that we could be. Um, but and but it, we still were raised in a single um, single mother household, single parent household, and so we had to go elsewhere to find mentors. We were in the Boy Scouts, we did some other things, um, but a lot of people don't have that, right? A lot of people, their success and what they do in life is really based upon who you know and who you've been introduced to that has taken the time to steer you in the right direction. So we we launched the Young Millionaire series because we really wanted to change the concept of defining and creating general generational wealth for not just, uh, I mean, you know, so that you're looking at wealth, not just for you, not just for yourself, but for generations to come, because we really feel like the only way to change conceptually our, our, the financial position 
of communities and then specifically the African-American community is to make, ensure that we set up our, um, our future generations to be in a better position than we are. And so we believe that generational wealth should be, um, should be started through entrepreneurship, through small businesses, through starting up companies and generating wealth that you can pass on. And so uh, we're, we're going on a four city tour starting at home here in Houston in February. Um, it will be a one day um, seminar conference where we'll invite different um, thought leaders, motivators, speakers um, from the Houston area to come in and talk to any any um, young young at heart individuals that want to come <laughs> and learn about business and how to grow their business. Um, and then from there, we're going on to Chicago, Atlanta, and to Washington, D.C. Um, and so our goal is to touch as many people as possible and really push the concept of generational wealth, of entrepreneurship, to be the backbone of turning around our uh, financial future for our community. Great. Now, I have so many things that it's, that are going through my head as you're talking, but I love the fact that you guys came from a single mother home, but yet you're successful today. Where did you guys get your entrepreneurial spirit from? Was it something that your mother um, instilled and encouraged you to do? Was it something that later on in life... You did because both of you had careers outside of being entrepreneurs. What made you decide to want to be an entrepreneur and what made you just say, you know what, now that we've done this, we're going to take it to another level and we're going to help those who need help? Because a lot of time people want to be entrepreneurs, but they're not trying to reach back and help anyone else. Loaded question. I love it. Great, great questions, Trina. Um, First, in, in regards to I think our upbringing, our mom was always uh, had an entrepreneurial mindset. Um, growing up, we she had an, a snow cone stand and in the neighborhood local um, where we would go and help her run a snow cone stand. And she was a teacher and, and taught for 20 years on the high school level. Um, but she uh, always had a snow cone stand on, on the side. Before that, when microwaves were first coming out, this was a long time ago. But she had her own microwave educational course that she would teach um, teach pa- uh, families and, and and mothers how to use microwaves, and and she sold microwaves. Um, so that was always what we were able to see in our mother. Um, but from a very young age, she taught us how to become entrepreneurs as well. So we were um, our, our first business was cutting yards in the neighborhood. So we would literally push the lawnmower around the around the neighborhood. Um, to to our neighbors, and we would cut their yards for a really inexpensive price. And then after that, when we were in the military, and and Trina, you probably can can attest to this. Um, we it's all about making sure that your boots were shined and, and that kind of thing. Um, this was before they be, they they all switched to suede. They were actually That's right. They were actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember um, that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was all about the spit shine, right? So we had a spit shining boot shining uh, business where we actually would, would shine boots uh, for our fellow um, um, comrade soldiers and and uh, and charge you know charge for that so we've always kind of had our, our mom to teach us that entrepreneurial mindset and we've always had little side businesses from I, I guess from as, as early as I can remember absolutely yeah and so as far as you know I guess moving forward into helping others I think that always and our mom being a teacher and an educator and always helping and, and taking care of others and making sure that we had everything that we wanted and needed um, even as a, even even her being a single parent um, I think that that really instilled in us the philanthropy helping others and I think being in healthcare too it, sure. it just kind of natural but but we really have a strong sense of community and wanting to make a difference not just for us but for everyone I mean but the reality of it is, is that how many people we know that are just one generation, maybe they're the first generation to actually have finished college, actually to have, you know, actually finished finish college and actually have a professional um, position or a job. We're one, just one generation away from from um, a property, you know, in, in, in certain situations within our community. And so we want to see our community move forward. We want to see us and see everyone in a better position. And so any way we can help, we're here to help. I love that. 
And I, I just really love what you guys are doing because I feel the same way coming from where I come from. I was born and raised in Chicago and uh, again, a product of a, a single mother. But my my story is a little bit different from you guys where you guys had encouragement. I didn't. But that was the way that I kind of forged my way. And I want to share what I have learned to help other people so that they don't have to do the things the wrong way that I did. Tell me about your journey, your journey to get you to here, because, you know, you and I, we all know that there's struggles, there's things you come across, there's um, obstacles, shall I say, um, whether it's, you know, you being a black man, whereas it's, you know, for me, it would be a black female and whatever. Um, just tell us about some of those journeys, because a lot of times people think that because you're successful, that it was all roses that you just, you know, got on a bike one day and said, oh, I'm just going to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> tell us about the journey. And because how I look at it and how I um, get inspired is when I see people who are like me, who can, who I can relate to, who say, you know what? Yep. I had that struggle. I had that struggle, but look where I am today. That's different than a person sitting on the mountaintop saying, oh, I'm so great. Look at me. But when you can say, you know what? I've been there and now I'm here. I think that's what really helps people. So tell me about that journey. Absolutely, absolutely. So you, you you're trying to you're trying to get real with this right now. Trina. <laughs> so you know, so yeah. I mean, let's let's not sugarcoat it. We've we've had our share of um, trials and tribulations, if you will. I mean, I, I um, growing you know through through our through our, the process of of becoming a man and going through adulthood and making a lot of stupid decisions. I mean, I I, I you know uh, cars being repoed. I mean, you know. Uh, close to being evicted from from your apartment, from not paying your bills on time, having issues with um, credit cards and um, you know unpaid traffic tickets and any you know it, all those all those little things that you make those mistakes that you make when you're younger. Um, and I think that for me, um, I, I worked in corporate America um, where I was in most cases one of only a handful of African-Americans, especially at some of the levels where I was at. And, and I found myself personally, um, time and time and again, being the guy that was the fall guy, being the guy that was looked at as, as um, whereas my counterparts would be, um, you know, whenever they were passionate about something that they believed in, it was just them being very passionate and showing initiative. Whereas if I was passionate, I was perceived as being angry or out of control or, you know, not, not disciplined. And so having that happen to me over and over again, being passed over for promotions over and over again, um, you know, it, 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 that it, it takes a toll on you being, having to, to um, not be myself in a corporate environment because of, um, you know, being scared to be perceived in a certain manner that wouldn't allow me to be promoted or, or to be respected or whatever the case may be. And to be honest, and we all know um, that we, we can, we, we're, we're chameleons at times, right? But that, that, it becomes exhausting. It becomes exhausting when you have to play a role or be a certain person, um, you know, for, for eight hours a day or what have you. And I think that's, that's one of the main reasons that led us into entrepreneurship is that desire to say, I want to strive my, you know, make my own way. Um, you know, be able to live out my full potential, be able to reach the, the the mountaintops. But let me tell you, when we started our business, it was that definitely not any you know roses and you know petals. I mean, there were many times that Sterling can t definitely attest to this that um, we wanted to close the doors down and go back go back to corporate, just go right. back to collecting a salary, right? Right, right, right. And, and and what what so many people don't know or see Trina is 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 how many failed businesses or how many failures that someone makes before they actually reach this success. What Stephen didn't mention, and he usually talks about this, is the fact that he's owned a barbershop, a restaurant. He had a, a tax business, um, um, an entertainment business, yeah. um, all, all, all these different types of businesses that were that, that happened way before we actually hit this 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 point of success that everyone sees. And, and, and so it's not it's not easy 
and and being a business owner means that you're working 50 60 70 hours a week every single week it doesn't slow down um it's not for the faint at heart it's really about someone that's being you have to have a sense of resiliency you have to be resilient because each and every time you get, you get knocked down you've got to be able to pick up pick yourself back up learn from your mistakes and figure out a better way to do it the next time and that's really what it comes down to and and Stephen and I of course Trina I don't know if you have any siblings but it's hard um, being in business together and being able to to, to go into business with, with your family members. It's, have, it's hard to be in business with anyone. We've had our challenges in the beginning, uh, trying to trying to get to the point where we had to figure out, you know, our, our place in the, in, 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 the, in the business and our roles and all of that kind of good stuff. So it wasn't easy, you know, but if you if you really want something and you want it bad enough and you're willing to look hard at what you're what you're doing wrong and what you're doing right and making adjustments then you can succeed you can succeed in anything you know i i love that i love the realness and that's that's what people seem to forget and then again you know we're in the society of instant gratification you know everyone's uh-huh. looking at the the youtube star the the kim kardashian and that's that's not real that's you know that's not that's not a norm. Let's put it like that. Um, I, you know, I have two teenagers, you know, and, and they, and like my daughter, she'll look at YouTube and she'll say, Oh, here's this YouTube star that I follow. And I'm going, okay, well that YouTube star, you know, that's not real. So we need to get on planet real, um, and do the things that we need to do. Because if you want to be successful and you want to pave your own way, you want to be an entrepreneur, we can do that. But it's, you know, YouTube and Facebook are not the normal ways to do it. Um, So it's very amazing to me um, nowadays when I talk to people, because like you, I'm, you know, you guys are, you know, on level 10. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to get there and, and touch you guys. Um, But it's amazing when you talk to people and they just think it's, you know, instant. They think it's, you know, just add water and stir. <laughs> um, and it's it's not yeah. like that. So I'm really glad you guys touched on the realness, what it really takes, because you're right. It takes resiliency. It takes, you know, and I show my kids that too. You know, I, I'm up at two, three o'clock in the morning working, doing things. And I say, Hey, this is, this is what happens when you're making it making your way, you know, because I tell them the same thing. I said, I'm creating a legacy to pass to you. Absolutely. You know, I'm creating generational wealth. And that's why you guys resonated so much with me when I saw the the Young Millionaires uh, series and everything. I said, oh, this is perfect. Um, Because I don't know if that's really thought about. And like I said, just this, this instant world that we have nowadays. What do you guys think about that? Because you guys are now starting to reach out to the young people. What are you telling them when you talk to them about this? Are they bringing that up? Are they saying, wow, you you know, you guys really had to do some work. That's not what I want to do. I want, I want to post some videos and do this and then be a millionaire tomorrow. What, what are you guys seeing? You know, I think, I think, um, yeah, I, I think we do definitely to what you're saying. I, absolutely, that's true. Is that there are a lot of people that are looking for that instant gratification, um, that microwave, push it, put it in for 60 seconds, and blow. Um, you know that that's what they're they're looking for. But um, you know, we 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 talk about it all all the time. We talk about the fact that it it takes sacrifice if you want something to be sustainable for a long term. Um, from a long-term perspective, it has to be something where you build a foundation now, and that building that foundation takes time. And I think that a lot of the a lot of our youth are learning it eventually, um, you know. And so the only thing that we can do is that we can try to plant those seeds and tell them now, and hopefully the green light will go off, and they'll realize that it is going to take some time, and that even some of these these short-term, like you said, whether or not it's real on YouTube or whatever. Even if it's short term, it's not sustainable. So we like to talk a lot of a lot about sustainability and saying, if you want to really make money when you're asleep, if you want to really want to make money while you're on vacation, sitting on a beach, um, you know, reading a book, then that 
takes more than just posting videos on YouTube. That 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 takes building a machine that will run when you're not there. And that means that you have to have true employees, a true team, a true company that operates. And that's what it's really about. I, I agree. Just the last thing I would just say, and it's Stephen is spot on. I mean, the money that comes fast, you, you actually, typically you lose it fast, right? right? It's not sustainable. So, you know, these kids that are, that are wanting the quick fix and they want to be a millionaire overnight, they have to understand that. And, and this is what we try to teach them that you have to have a business that's sustainable because the fast cash is nice, but it typically doesn't last long. When you look at, you know, some of those successful entertainers out there and even professional ball players, they, you, you see that you, you hear their success and failure stories all the time because they make a lot of money, but they're not investing appropriately. And so they end up broke, you know, in a very short period of time. So, mm, Yes. Now you guys touched on mentorship. And I think you said you you went and looked for mentors growing up. Who were some of your mentors that you looked up to? So we were we were <clears throat> blessed to be able to find uh, mentors in different areas. And I and we we like to encourage everyone to basically say a mentor can. I mean, it can be basically anybody. It doesn't have to be some type of formal situation that you set up with. You know the um, the the local you know, high powered attorney in your, in your, your city. No, no, a mentor can be for us. It was our, you know, our Boy Scout leader. Um, when we were in the Boy Scouts, it was, you know, our, our choir, uh, our, our, our choir manager or leader when we were in the in, in choir for, for church, it was our uncles. When our, when our father passed away, when we were young, it was our, our mother's brothers that were uh, mentors. It, it was teachers, you know, at, at high school that, 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 you know, in junior high and high school that took the time out and even in college to try to make sure that we were going to be successful. Um, so we, we found different people along the way, or they found us, and, and, we, and, and we just made those relationships happen in different manners. And, 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 and that's it exactly. I mean, as far as mentors that we had, I, mean, I think that Stephen and I have been our, each other's mentor. I mean, it's nice to have someone that you can talk to, that you can bounce ideas off of. Um, Stephen is 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 a um, a very creative, um, outward thinker. He's a dreamer. He he looks at the big picture, um, and so he's able to help me to to look at things in a different way because I'm very analytical, and uh, and and process driven, and so I and very conservative. So there's a balance there between us, but we can mentor each other in, the, in our strengths and weaknesses. So that's definitely a, a good thing. So you just have to find that person. Mentorship is huge. Even even for us right now, we have a strategic coach that we work with. We have business coaches that and, and mentors that we talk to on a regular basis. You never you never get too big to have someone that you can talk to that, that can help keep you focused. So uh, very 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 important. You guys are spot on because that was going to be. My question for you is who who are your coaches that you go to? Because even the great coaches have coaches. Absolutely. So even in our book, we talk about, uh, you know, even Michael Jordan needed a coach. Even That's LeBron right. James needed a coach. The great, I mean, the greatest athletes, If just if you want to talk about athleticism, we talk about the greatest of all time. I mean, they talk about LeBron James and how, um, when he was in, you know, high school or when he was in junior high, he just, you know, he, he, he couldn't play basketball. He was, he, he was horrible potential, um, off obviously, uh, you know, an athletic phenomenon, but he didn't understand the conceptually the game of basketball until he had a coach to form him and get him right. Um, you know, we talk, you talk about, um, um, these, I mean, Michael Jordan was known for, when everyone else was, you know, going away, he would just want to spend time with his coach and just shoot, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds of shots every day at well after practice was over with his coach, just trying to learn the game and get better and better and better. So that's what it's all about. I agree. I mean, and as, as far as coaches are, are concerned, you know, personally, we have several, I, you know, uh, Trina, us both being in the military, I have uh, two colonels that I um, that I, I, I go to on a regular basis in regards to consulting with uh, and understanding leadership and, and issues. Angela Garner, Garner who's a, 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 a colonel in the Army. Um, also, Nancy Bullard, who is a, a retired one-star general. And so, I mean, we have Jeff Weber, who is a, 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 
uh, a president of a, a local um, oil and gas engineering uh, firm that we we is a mentor for us. He actually um, wrote the forward for us in our book. And so we definitely have mentors that we use. And another great thing that we've actually found on on a on a business level is doing uh, mastermind type groups. So even though we're having a mastermind group, and we're launching one, we're actually part of, of mastermind groups as well. There's YPO, there's Vistage, there's different types of business type of groups where you, you put business owners together to talk about their businesses and come up with solutions. And we all share, even though the business may be a different type of business, we all share the same issues. And so it's great to, to come together and talk to, to, to someone that, that shares the woes and the successes that you have. So, I love it. And that's one of the things that I try to do with this podcast, with meeting great people like you, is I try to collaborate and I try to tell people that there's enough out there for everyone. Um, we can all work together. You don't have to have that scarcity mindset. And you don't have to think that, okay, well, this person is doing this, so I don't have to do it. Because you guys may be you know, on that same path or in that same arena where you guys could help each other, whether it's supporting, coaching, whatever the case may be. So I really like hearing that because it's not a me against the world mentality. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And and that's, that's a really good point, Trina, because I think we, especially in the African-American community, we have and it's and it's I, I don't know if it was well, we could go way way back in regards to how that's that's ingrained into the mm-hmm, mindset. Mm-hmm, but there's this crabs in a barrel type of mindset where we feel like we can't help each other um, do something. We have to pull each other down, and it's and it's unfortunate because almost every other um, you know nationality they look at things differently. So what we're really trying to do is to teach everyone it's okay. It's okay to have a mentor. It's okay to have a coach. It's okay for someone to help you. As a matter of fact, we could go a lot farther in this world if we, if we, you know, if we help one another. So. Mm, yes. Now, going back to your initiative with the young people, is there an age range that you're looking for? How early are you looking for high school, um, young adults out of college? What is your, your demographics that you're looking for? So that, that's a great question. And um, Trina, initially, we, we did have an age range. We were kind of saying, hey, we want young adults between the ages of 18 and 25. But then we decided that this, this program has the ability to really bless a huge uh, amount of people. And so now what we, we basically have opened it up to anybody and everybody. Um, and so we're basically saying we're, we're, we are looking for the young and the young at heart. So um, regardless of your age or if you are just, you know, still, you know, maybe you're going through a transition stage where you're tra- changing careers, trying to do something different. We encourage everyone to come out. And then additionally, being veterans ourselves, um, we, we, are, we are specifically trying to target uh, former veterans or veterans as well to come in and look at entrepreneurship as a way of, of obtaining financial uh, success. And then as African-American males um, in, 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 you know, in, in this world, um, second chance offenders has a place in our heart as well. We know that, um, unfortunately, the way the prison system is set up now, one out of every three African-American males has either, is either incarcerated or has been incarcerated. We know how the system is set up to be uh, fortunately biased towards certain ethnicities. And so, the, but the unfortunate thing is that even after they have done their time and, and, and um, you know, paid their, their debt to society, if you will, they are not able to reform themselves from a financial standpoint because they have that black, um, that black mark on them, you know, for, for the rest of their lives. So we feel as though uh, entrepreneurship, again, is an opportunity uh, to give them a way of, of defining their own destiny, despite um, the things or the, the decisions, the poor decisions that they, that they may have may had a, may have made in their past. So uh, we're excited about really just just touching a lot of people that we feel like are in need and may be receptive to changing their mindset and doing something positive. Yeah, I love that, and I I really love the second chance. Um, offenders that you're you're reaching out to because many people don't know and listeners if you don't know 
a lot of times people do their time and then they get out and they want to reintegrate and be productive citizens, but because of laws and the bad mark against them, they can't. So then that turns into recidivism. That's right. Um, but a lot of a lot of offenders, hopefully, I mean, a lot of times they don't have any other choice if they have the mindset to go into entrepreneurship because a lot of them can't go into corporate America or other jobs and get a job working for someone else. So they have to turn that around and use it for and work for themselves. So I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. A lot of people don't understand what people have to go through once they have been incarcerated. And I think educating the the public and, and giving those who want a, a second chance, because we all know that not everyone wants a second chance. Right. So, um, I'm really glad to hear you guys um, are doing that. So that is that is very um, good to hear. Now we're going to go into my questions. So I'm going to give you guys my 10 questions and I'm going to give you both time to give your answer on them. So are you guys ready? Absolutely ready. Okay. Who or what motivates you? So um, I can start with that. As far as what motivates me, I think my, my motivation is my why, and 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 I'm really big on helping others. So my my what what drives and motivates me is making a difference in people's lives in a positive way. So as long as whatever business, whatever thing, whatever I'm doing, as long as it's it's helping others and it's providing positive a positive influence in their lives, then then it keeps me motivated. It keeps me focused on on the mission. Yeah. So, and I think I think uh, my motivation would be uh, from a personal standpoint is my family, my wife and kids. Um, you know, trying to make sure that I'm setting a, a good example for them, and um, making sure that I have an opportunity to give them um, a a as stressed stress free life as possible, and the ability to be able to get all the things that they. Uh, need and then some of the things that they want. Okay. What demotivates you? I think, <laughs> I think what de- demotivates me honestly is, is not being appreciated for all the hard work that I do. I think everyone wants to be uh, recognized for, for, for things that they do and not in a, not in a financial st- standpoint, but I know how hard Stu and I work to make sure that our staff, that our company, that our mentees, that everyone is, uh, is is taken care of. So just being appreciated for that. And if not, if, if I don't feel appreciated for the hard work that I put, or at the time and the hours that I put in, I think that's a, a demotivator for me. I think uh, I think the demotivator for me, and I don't know if it, I, don't, I don't know if demotivation is the, probably the right term, but I I I, I sincerely hate lazy people. <laughs> so. Um, I don't know if it does. I don't know if it necessarily demotivates me, but it irritates me. Uh, we try to make sure that we have, you know, the, the key to success is having a team around you of people that share your vision, share your passion, share, share your energy. But anytime having someone around me that, that doesn't have uh, the a get up and go to you, that that can demotivate or, or, or irritate me. Okay. When was a time that something was said or done to hurt you? but it worked out for your good? Um, for me, I think it, it was when I when I opened up my, my first business, which was a physical therapy practice. And I had been working at um, a particular hospital for 10 years and had, had been instrumental, I think, in building that department up, the physical therapy department up. And when I was interested in, in kind of getting out and, and branching out on my, on my own and opening up my own business, I wanted to 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 uh, work part-time at the hospital and actually continue working part-time and then and start the business up on the side. And my manager, supervisor at that point in time, basically said, no, I'm not going to allow you to do that. She said, if you want to go into business and you, you and start your own business, then, then you have to do that. But I don't have a partner, part-time um job for, for you so either you're in or you're out and so i thought that that was the worst possible thing after putting 10 years in into this this hospital knowing that they needed someone to be there even on a part-time basis to take care of patients 
and she wouldn't give me the opportunity, I was crushed. But I walked away from that full-time job and I and and I and I didn't have one foot in and one foot out. It forced me to be all in, 100% in so to to uh, building my business. And I think it was because of that that the success that we have today is because I had to put 150% into my dream, and I and I couldn't couldn't be one foot in and one foot out. So that's that would be mine. Yeah. yeah. And I, I appreciate that, uh, Sterling. Is my my story is very similar. It's interesting. And I think you'll find a lot of entrepreneurs have a similar story. Is that there was something that happened in their lives that made them that forced them to take that step into entrepreneurship and just jump in. Both before for me, it was in corporate America, and I, I talked a little bit earlier about being in a position in corporate America where where I always found myself to be the fall guy, or if there was something that was going wrong wrong on a project that always just seemed to happen to have, to have something to do with me for whatever reason. And the last straw was um, we, we had started Sterling Staffing Solutions. It was going relatively well. I was still in corporate um, working a you know, full-time job as a finance uh, finance manager and, um, and and running Sterling Staffing Solutions at night or, or on, on, on off days, if you will, and um, had a project that came up where, again, I was being targeted as one of the guys that that um, had, had did something wrong in the project and it was the last straw for me. Um, and basically I said, you know what, you guys can have it because it's not worth it. I'm, I'm leaving on my own terms and I'm done. And so I walked away that day, never looked back, jumped 100% into our business and, um, and we, we, it, it paid off. It paid off. So that's one of the, the, the turning points for me is for sure. What is your fear? Um, I think everyone's fear, uh, is, 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 especially as a business owner, is a fear of failure. Yep. So, so that would be, I think both of ours, yeah, he said, he's a fear of failure. Okay. Is there a time when you wish you had done something that you didn't? That's a good one, Trina. Let me see. Um, I think, well, one, and I, and, and, and this is something I tell, you know, our mentees all the time. If you are, um, I think one of my regrets was not going into business sooner um, because it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of dedication and it's a lot harder to do that later on in life when you have kids and you're married and that kind of thing. You have more responsibilities. You have more people counting on you versus starting when you're young and you don't have as much um, responsibility and you have the time. You can put in a 60 to 80 hours a week. And then by the time you're ready for a family, your business is more settled. So I would just say just start, I, I would get not starting sooner and, and starting up a business. Yeah. I think that it's, it's healthy to have a bit of hesitation or contemplation or kind of looking at every decision you make to see whether or not, um, you know, you've made the right decision or, or you, you know, could you go back and change it? I think that on a daily basis, I have this, uh, you know, kind of have that, that, internal reflection to see whether or not even if the decision even if if the the decision that i made was successful and all right um i may even even successful decisions you know wonder whether or not it could have been even better than, than it was and definitely in the, in the decisions that didn't go well um asking what we could have done differently i think that that's something that we should always have is just a healthy sense of just kind of going back and, and revisiting and seeing how can you be better in every situation Okay, now here's the opposite. Is there a time when you wish you had not done something? Uh, you know, definitely. I mean, I think that um, for me, it's, you know, as being a business owner, you have to make some really hard decisions. Um, and sometimes not all those decisions for anyone, not, not all the decisions that you make are going to be the right one. I mean, I think that there's probably been um, employees in the past that I probably, um, I can think of one that I, that I, I let go and probably in hindsight, 2020 probably should have given them another opportunity, probably talk to them and find out how we could have, uh, um, changed or, or, or figured a way, a, a way out to get better results, um, in those situations. So I think just probably not making a brass decision of letting somebody go. Absolutely. And I think that for me, we, um, you know, some of the business decisions, some of the companies that I opened up in the past, uh, one specifically was 
um, I decided to invest in a uh, in a jazz lounge, a, a, a jazz restaurant, and it was a really really bad decision. And I wish I could have uh, turned that around. I talked to a lot of friends who told me not to do it. I, I pushed through anyway because I thought that no 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 I'm I'm the guy that I've, I've got the ability to make this work even though everyone thinks it was it, it wasn't going to work. Well, it turned out that everyone else was right, and I was wrong. Um, but it was uh, it was definitely a, a life lesson for me that that changed kind of the way I approached business from that point going forward to the point where I, I would I would probably say I will never get caught in that type of situation again. Maybe something different, but not the same type of situation. What is your definition of success? I think Stephen Stephen actually alluded to to it earlier. I think the I think the definition of success, especially when you're talking about, well, one, I think happiness is, is because money does not um, provide you with, with happiness. Uh, I, I think success is being happy and, and, and being in, in a place where you're, 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 you're happy and you're healthy. Um, I, I, I would definitely say that. I think, I, th- I think the, the other thing, and from a business perspective, is just being able to know that even when you're not at work, um, that your company is still making money it's still it's still generating revenue um this is a wonderful feeling to know that you have something that's that's generating even when you're at home or when you're on vacation uh, the business is still rolling and 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 it's still succeeding so yeah I, I think i would agree with that totally and then um just along the same line just peace just just overall peace mentally um be at peace with with yourself and with um, you know, with your family and that everyone is in a good space. Um, I think just peace of mind is, is the number one for me. How do you recharge? So for me, it's, I love to just to get away. Uh, I love, love beaches. So anywhere, I, if I can get anywhere, Cancun, Jamaica, anywhere that is where beach, Galveston is a great way just to sit back on the beach, watch the, the waves. Just sit back and just think about all of the beauty that God has created and how blessed we truly are. Of course, uh, recharging and spending time with my family and just not, uh, you know, just thinking about why, why, why we're doing everything that we're doing. So I think it's just taking a moment to to reflect, and that's how how I recharge. Yeah, I'm the same way. Travel and uh, a bit of a social butterfly. So even if I have chance, anytime I have a chance to kind of um, break bread with the fellas <clears throat> and uh, have a cigar and a, and a cognac or whatever and be stress-free. That's always nice, too. What are you awesome at? Um, I would say, for, for me, I think work ethics. Um, I, I think that there are a lot of uh, smart people out there, a lot of great business owners out there, but I think that um, that I'm really, really good with being disciplined and, and having a strong work ethic. So um, I'm I'm up every morning early and, and getting things done. So if I'm up at three o'clock, I'm you know my day is probably I think double what someone else's day is because I'll start at three o'clock and I won't end until seven or eight. So I'm getting in you know 200 percent productivity in comparison to someone's normal eight hour day. So I, I think work hour work ethics would be mine. Um, that's a good question. What am I awesome at? Um, I think that I, I think I'm I'm pretty good with um selling people on on of the vision, you know, of our mm-hmm. company of what we're trying to do. Um, I think I'm pretty good about kind of rallying the troops and getting them um to buy in, which is so important when you have a company. Um, and and making sure that they they feel motivated and feel able to get to the to the finish line because you know they they they're able to believe in the vision and believe in what, what we're trying to do. So I think I'm pretty good at selling a vision. Okay, what legacy do you want to leave? I, you know, I I, um, I would love my legacy. I, you know, I've always determined that if 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 you have done something so profound so special if you if you've given so much to your community that a building is named after you 
then that means that you have actually um, done something. You have you 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 made your mark. You you you've established a legacy. You have done something that there's value enough in, in that where someone is willing to keep your name going for you know for for uh, years and years to come. So I think that that, that that's kind of my been my my um, definition of legacy, of legacy. Just to, to 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 do something worthy enough to where someone would want to you know put my name on a building somewhere. Which I don't know, I may be being an egotistical thing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think I would like to have a legacy of building entrepreneurs. Um, I think you know one of the and and this gentleman is still a mentor to me now. Um, there, there I, I work for a small business, um, kind of fairly early outside of college, and um, the all of the employees for that business. I don't want to say all of the employees, but a vast majority of the employees that work for that business have now gone on to open up their own businesses and be fairly successful. And I've always felt like that was a testimony to the leadership of that of those three gentlemen that own that company and how they inspired everyone in that company to be like, you you have the ability to own your own firm and to do your own thing. And it's like they, they never said that to us. But they showed us uh, they were inspirational just in the way that they moved and the way that they they walked. And so to me, my legacy, I would love to be able to say that I inspired hundreds and hundreds of young people to become entrepreneurs and, and that I could, you know, I could basically be able to reach out and talk to several people that basically said the reason that I decided to start a business was because of something that I said or that I did that that made them feel to get the energy or the passion or the courage to, to step out on their own and create their own, their own destiny. Okay. So Stephen and Sterling, give the listeners one motivational takeaway. <clears throat> I think that um, anything that's worth having is worth working for. Um, I think that uh, if you have a dream, if you have a wish, if you want want to be successful in life, just understand that it's not necessarily going to come easy. Um, anything that you want, if you really, if, if if it's something of value, you're probably going to have to put some work into it. So don't you know? Don't look for the easy fix. Don't look for the easy cash option. Um, come up with a plan, plan for what you're wanting to do, and and be willing to put the work in to implement that plan so that you can be successful. And I would say um, change the people that you hang around. Um, you are the um, you, you are the the output, the result of the crowd that you hang around with. It's you know obviously you, we know from um, a criminal standpoint that you're guilty by association, um, but that reflection also your your success is. To, is is determined by the crowd that you run with, and I think that for me, when I made a decision uh, many years ago to say, you know what, I'm tired of of hanging around a mediocre crowd, a mediocre mindset, and I decided that I would strategically change the type of people that I hang, that I hung around with, and change my mentality so that I was not the smartest in the room, and that I was always in a room of people that were smarter than me. Um, that that changed the trajectory of my life. And so I, I think the one biggest thing that, that we can all do to to just basically move the needle is to change the crowd that we hang with. Mm. Okay. Tell the listeners how they can connect with you. So I think for a couple of different different ways, Trina. One, our website, youngmillionairesseries.com. Um, if, if they could jump on that website, it will give you all the information in regards to our Young Millionaire Series um, um, conference, um, the four-city tour that we're doing. Um, all the information is there. Um, if they're wanting to get in contact with us specifically, if they can go to thecarterbrothers.com. Um, that site has all of our information and contact information on there. Um, of course, um, our social media, uh, if you... Uh, Google the Carter Brothers or the Twin Carters on Facebook. We have a page on there. We also have the Twin Carters on Inst on Instagram. Um, we're on tw Twitter as well. 
Uh, so LinkedIn as well. LinkedIn. So any of those areas or avenues, you can definitely get in contact with us. Okay. Well, guys, I am so honored that you guys took time out to be on Trina Talk and share your great successes, your story, your journey, and what you're doing to give back. And I definitely know that this will inspire the listeners. So I thank you for your time. You're very welcome. It was a lot of fun. It sure was. Thank you, Trina, for your time as well. If you like Trina Talk, please don't forget to go out to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. Also, who else in your life do you know that needs some motivation and inspiration in their life? Don't forget to share Trina Talk with them. I hope you have a great week. And remember, if you change your mindset, you can change your life. Keep striving because success is a journey, not a destination. You can listen to Trina Talk anytime and anywhere. It's available on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and all other places that you can listen to podcasts. If you like the podcast, please don't forget to go to iTunes to subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you have questions for me or need inspiration on how to go to the next level, tweet me directly at Trina L. Martin.